Let me tell you about American Giant. Uh, American Giant is a company that I found um, through a news story. I don't even remember what it was, but it was just this great company saying, we got to start making things in America again. Um, and there are faster and easier ways to make clothing uh, than making it here in America. But I've gotten to know the owner really well, uh, the guy who started it all. And his whole thing was about we've we've got to make things here again. We're we're buying things cheaper. Sure. But it's cheaper quality made by workers overseas that aren't even paid a living wage. Gosh, many of them are literal Chinese slaves. Why don't we start making things here again? And so he is challenging all of the um, uh the clothing companies to just make a portion of their of their clothing back here in America. Levi's 10 percent. It would change the world. American Giant is making everything from the ink that goes into the dye to the thread. The wool is from here. Everything is from America and made and assembled here in America. It's American Giant. There's an American Giant in all of us. Help us rebuild the nation. American-giant.com slash Glenn. American-giant.com slash Glenn. Go there now and help rebuild America and restore our bright, bright future. Very excited. Nancy Pelosi is going to address the House soon, and she is going to uh, address her future. Now, I don't know how far in the future we're talking, but it could be a very short speech uh, because I think I think looking for a good nursing home is probably right up there in her very near future. Um, but we'll find out an exciting moment about that. And... I feel like we lost the Senate twice. We not only lost it in the election, yesterday there was a vote on Mitch McConnell, and somehow or another, this guy won again. Mike Lee is here to talk to us about that and so much more in 60 seconds. If you're living with aches and pains in your life, particularly if you're living with really frequent and bad pain, please consider something for a moment. I, I would like you to, I know you've tried everything. I know you feel like I'm just going to have to live like this. Try Relief Factor. This is what my wife said to me. And I said, honey, it's not going to work. It works on inflammation. I, I've been a great... Cl- I, the, nothing stops this. 
And she said, try it, try it. You'll like it, you'll see. And I'm like, I do not like green eggs and ham, and this is not going to work. And then I had to eat my words. And it has worked miracles for me. 70% of the people who try it go on to order more month after month. That's saying an awful lot. The three-week quick start for Relief Factor, 1995, a trial pack. Try it for three weeks. ReliefFactor.com. ReliefFactor.com or call 800, the number four, Relief. Relief Factor. Feel the difference. Oh, Mitt Romney's favorite senator, Mike Lee. Hello, Mike. Hello. Good to be with you, Glenn. Yeah. Can you tell me what happened yesterday? Well, a lot happens in the United States Senate. If you if you talk about yesterday, if you're talking about the vote on the cloture on the motion to proceed to the Respect of Marriage Act, the Respect for Marriage Act, I can tell you what happened there. Wait, can you uh, tell me? I know it's a secret meeting. Can you tell me what happened with the? Because I want to get into that. Can you tell me what yeah. happened with the the Harry Reid winning again? How? How? Or uh, not Harry Reid? Mitch, Mitch McConnell. McConnell. Mitch McConnell. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah, so um, yesterday uh, we had our leadership elections in the, in the Senate and on Senate Republicans. We gathered together. We debated for several hours, and uh, uh, Mitch McConnell was reelected as the uh, minority leader among Senate Republicans. Um, uh, this is um, he's been the leader now for 16 years, and he was reelected yesterday. We had a lengthy discussion about that, and some of us took a different approach. But uh, at the end of the day, uh, that was the vote that was cast, and that's the vote that we'll carry. Uh, what do we have to do, Mike, to get people? I mean, there's a fight in the Republican Party of this, you know, I guess 1956 kind of, uh, you know, view of of how things have to be done and what the government means. Very progressive uh, and, you know, just very docile. And then there's a new group of people who are like, look, I mean, you know, I don't want to go back to the 1800s or the 1700s, but, you know, we got a little thing here that we used to call the Constitution and Bill of Rights, and we need to restore that because this isn't a constitutional republic anymore. How do we get the GOP out of the way of those people, or is it is it too late for that? Well, look, first of all, the... the the decision about whom to elect as poor leader uh, doesn't preclude necessarily or taking any particular action. And as I've long said, the, 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 the leadership of the Republican conference tends in one way or another to reflect where the center of gravity is among Senate Republicans. But there's something new happening. We've got, we've got more Republican senators today than we ever have before who believe, who understand that at their core that there's something fundamentally wrong, that we're spending way too much money on the federal government and that we've got to turn it around. And so we're moving forward now with a, a new core group of leaders who are pushing harder than ever because we don't have time to waste. We're $31 trillion in debt. We've got a federal government that requires people to work months out of every year just to pay their federal taxes. And then months more out of every year just to pay the backdoor hidden expenses associated with federal regulations. The American people are demanding that we fight back harder, and uh, you're going to see that. I, I hope so, Mike. I, I really, I, I think you guys have, I think the GOP has one more shot, and it's in the next two years. 
And if you're not doing something, I don't know what's going to happen. I just don't know what's going to happen. But people are tired of it. Um, so, uh, Mike, tell me about this Defense of Marriage Act. This seems yeah, like an extraordinarily so, bad idea. Yeah, so the, the, the Respect for Marriage Act is something that um, purports to be a codification of the Supreme Court's ruling in 2015 of, of Burgerfell versus Hodges, recognizing gay marriage. Okay, hang on uh, just a second. That's because they put yeah. this in because I think of Clarence Thomas in his dissent, he kind of hinted that he would be willing to look at this again. Uh, no one joined him in that opinion. Yeah, way. I know that, but uh, that's the excuse they're right, using excuse. that they want to yeah. they want to seal this for all time. Right, right, and a couple of things to keep in mind. You're referring to Justice Thomas's concurring opinion in the Dobbs decision a few months ago, which dealt with abortion, not marriage. He was referring to a line of precedent. Just said, you know, there are a number of lines of precedent that have evolved under the substantive due process standard in time. Perhaps they should be reviewed to figure out whether there's a better place for them or whether they withstand appropriate uh, review. Uh, it was joined by no other justice in that. And I, uh, he, he also didn't go through what are called the stare decisis factors. The stare decisis analysis would depend, determine whether the Supreme Court continues to defer to that case. Look, uh, gay marriage isn't going away. No. It, it's not. The Supreme Court's not undoing that. I, I can tell you as a uh, former uh, poet and Supreme Court litigator, uh, it's just not a chance in hell the Supreme Court's walking away from that. And gay marriages that uh, have been legal now for seven years aren't going away. Um, so that begs the question, what's the real purpose for this? Well, when I looked at the bill, when I looked at the way the bill is written and what it says, and just as importantly, what it doesn't say and how it would interact with other protections of federal law, the federal civil rights legislation, as well as Supreme Court precedent interpreting uh, those laws, uh, I saw a real risk. Uh, of retaliation by the federal government against religious institutions. Oh, they never retaliate. Schools, <laughs> charitable organizations, adoption agencies uh, with a religious mission, purpose, and, and funder um, that could lose their tax-exempt status, could lose access to participating in federal programs, uh, lose federal status or federal benefits of one sort or another, unless we put a protection in there that depriving the government of that power. So I wrote an amendment to do that. I even offered to vote for the bill as a whole if necessary to get this amendment through there. The sponsors wouldn't do it. They refused to do that. So that should tell Why? you everything. Why would they refuse to do that? Mm -hmm. Why would they refuse to put in a protection saying you can't take away the tax exempt status of a school or a daycare or an adoption agency or, or whatever it is with a religious mission on the basis of a religious belief about marriage. Why would they not do that? It got more devious from there, Glenn. They, they adopted some amendment text just in the last few days before bringing this to the floor and claimed that their text would do essentially the same thing as my amendment. Only here's the problem. It wouldn't. It pays lip service to that, but it doesn't do the job. So they, they got 12 Republicans to join with all 50 Democrats, and they survived the first threshold vote. Now, the good news here, Glenn, is that we've still got at least two more 60-vote uh, uh, threshold votes to cast on this bill. There's still time for us to convince a handful of those Republican senators who joined with Democrats mm. that they shouldn't be voting for this unless you actually tie the government's hands in the way that I've proposed. 
And I'm hoping they can see the light between now and whenever this thing is put to bed. Can I ask you a uh, question? And uh, I don't mean to put you in a a difficult situation, but uh, this is a this is sometimes described as a Mitt Romney bill. Uh, If you Google this bill and you just add uh, Mormon, uh, what was it? Mormon marriage uh, bill. This is what comes up. Where did this bill start? Yeah, so it's it started in the House of Representatives. It started uh, by a handful of House Democrats back in July. Uh, the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, uh, I assume this is what you're referring to, yes. uh, chimed in and supported the recent Religious Freedom Amendment put in place by Senators uh, Tillis, uh, Collins, and Baldwin, I believe it was. Yeah. It said that it, it was a material improvement with that language. Now, look, to be sure, the, 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 the text of the bill was marginally better than it would have been without that language. But I emphasize the word marginally there. It still doesn't solve the problem. This, this bill, if it becomes law, will create a new risk, a new considerable, substantial risk. And that risk is not taken away. It's not adequately dealt with by this language. We need language that actually does what they claim this one does in private settings. They're going around touting this as solving the problem, and it doesn't solve the problem, which should give people added reason to be very suspicious of this legislation. Uh, On the same topic, um, I'm about to start a campaign to draft your attorney general to run for Mitt Romney's seat because uh, I think he would win in a landslide. And uh, based on your numbers, I think a guy with his record uh, could win. Now, I know you wouldn't because you have friends on both sides, so you wouldn't you wouldn't endorse anything like that. So um, but I'm saying uh, would you say- I do. I do indeed have I'm friends with both of them. That is an yeah, excellent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you don't want to, you know, what do you think of that idea of me just uh, not well, connected it, it, to you? But uh, yeah, so, so it's, it's, it's an idea that has been out there, an idea that, uh, and I don't want to take away anything from your uh, thunder here, Glenn. Yeah, uh, no, no, no. I, it, I'm glad to hear somebody else is thinking that way. How can I help them? Maybe. No, that's, that's an idea that's been floated. I, I don't know. I don't know what will happen. Yeah. 2024 seems like a long way from here. I know it'll be around in just a minute. But speaking of, of marriage and respect for marriage, I am worried about one thing, Glenn. Uh, in your Relief Factor plug just a moment ago, you did an imitation of your wife that did not sound at all like your wife. Oh, you are sadly mistaken. You don't know her, Mike. You don't know her. Help me. Help me. I'm being held hostage. Well, perhaps in that moment, something happens to her vocal cords. Yeah, no, it's she. Different. She's not like this all the time. Seems oh, like you're uh, you're both sad. trying to get each other in yeah, trouble right I now. Know. <laughs> you know, we could talk about Mitt some more. Um, so uh, one last thing. You were on you were on our special that aired last night, uh, The Targets of Tyranny. You leaned over to me at one point and said, this is the most frightening thing I think I've ever seen. Yeah, look, the group of people, the group of victims of government overreach that you assembled for that show. And for any of your listeners out there who haven't yet see it, seen it, I, I strongly encourage them to do it. I, it it's, it's the best thing I've seen, the best encapsulation within uh, a, a short period of time of why you should be skeptical of government. 
of why you should be especially concerned about the federal government right now. Uh, we, we saw instance after instance of good, solid, law-abiding American citizens whose rights are being threatened, intimidated, harassed, cajoled, or, or, or otherwise beaten out of them. And uh, we really do have to take up this issue. That's all the more reason why when you vote for someone for a federal elected office, you need to ask them very specific questions about what they will do to dismantle the uh, colossus brooding omnipresence that the federal government has become. Yeah. We, we've got to take this in hand. And, you know, that's, these are some of the things that were, that, that prompted uh, this leadership election yesterday. We had a good discussion, even though it didn't turn out the way that many had, uh, had hoped. And, and I, you know, I was a supporter of uh, delaying the election and, and I, and I supported Senator Rick Scott, but the election happened and, and we all now have to rally behind behind uh, our leader who was elected. Mm. But in that conversation, we had some very good discussions. This was the first time in the 12 years I've been in the Senate since there's even been a discussion like that, since anyone has stood up. And this is one of the reasons, Glenn. The reasons that we discussed on your show that just aired last night. This was a, a fantastic display. And I encourage every one of your radio listeners and your podcast listeners to go and watch that program tonight. It'll scare you. And just the same, it'll give you the tools that you need in order to know how to respond when something like this happens to you. The most amazing piece of advice that we got to the end of, with, the, um, uh, with the question and answers from the audience, most stunning advice, coming from you at least, I, I felt, um, you were like, absolutely, police come, you don't, no, you don't talk to them. You have a right to remain silent, exercise it. And the second thing was, you, shouldn't, you should have the number of a good defense attorney. I don't even know. I mean, I guess I'm friends with Alan Dershowitz, but I don't know if he'd take my case. I am kind of a shady character, Uh, but I don't even know. That's true. It's weird. With with the right retainer agreement, Glenn, uh, he'll take it. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Uh, Mike Lee, thank you so much. And congratulations again on your astounding win. Uh, Mike Lee, uh, the great senator from the state of Utah. Going over old photo and video memories with your family is almost as good of a time as making the memories in the first place. This is one thing I am going to do. We have had these pictures sitting in boxes ready to ship out. All we have to do is just separate them and put them in. I'm doing it next week. Thanksgiving week is a good time. And yes, kids. You will be doing it and you'll have a good time and we'll drink hot chocolate while we're doing it after you get the tree up and it's all lit and we're happy doing it. We understand. (laughs) We will make family memories. (laughs) And you will like it. (laughs) And I'm going to take pictures so we'll remember how happy we were. And then next year we're putting those pictures in the box. (laughs) Anyway, uh, relive your most important memories. You know, you know, those times when you thought your family was on fire, but it really wasn't. It's more like on fire now. Anyway, take advantage of early access to Legacy Box best sale of the year. LegacyBox.com slash back. There's it's their Black Friday sale. It's going on right now. They'll produce uh, they'll uh, preserve and return all of your memories. So if you have it on film or slides or Honestly, I have it on tape that I don't even know what 
I, I have no idea what that was even filmed on. Don't recognize that kind of tape at all anymore. They know it and they can uh, transfer it and return all of the originals and digital copies now. It's really important. Legacybox.com slash Beck. Your family will have fun. <laughs> Legacybox.com slash Beck. 10 seconds. Station ID. So do you remember, Stu, when I said, uh, hey, you members of the press, you think you're so woke. You're not going to be woke enough in the end. Oh, they'll come and take you out, too. You're never woke enough. Yeah, right. Ex-MSNBC host Tiffany Cross learned that she was getting pushed out days ahead of her exit and threatened to, quote, go out in a blaze. Hey, don't misuse that word. And take down the cable TV network and its boss, Rashida Jones. The controversial anchor whose weekend show, The Cross Connection, which I would like to point out, no one watched, was abruptly canceled earlier this month as MSNBC elected not to renew her contract. She made calls saying, I'm going to go out in a blaze of glory and I'm taking down the network and I'm going after Rashida. Uh, MSNBC execs and Jones, the network's president, did not get wind of the phone calls until Cross was let go. So... So the employees there are so loyal that none of them called the boss and said, hey, uh, she might try to hurt the network. They're all like, you go, girl. Uh-huh. So, uh, so that's, that's, uh, that's good. It's not uh, the Rashida Jones, the actress, by the way, because that was what I was looking up while you were saying that. I'm like, Did, does the lady from the office, is she running MSNBC <laughs> right now? <laughs> And no, that's not, yeah. it's not her. It's not you her. Kinda, it might, might have been. Might have been. I, honestly, been. I would be. She'd probably be better at it. Yeah. Yeah. By the way, uh, I will say the Rashida Jones that, uh, to your point here, the Rashida Jones that does run MSNBC, you may guess uh, and may know already that she is African-American. Uh, so I don't know if she is racist against African-Americans. Probably. Uh, I don't know what her, why she would do that. Yeah, probably. But that is, you're right. Doesn't matter no. if you if you have someone who is. And I, I'm still going to go on a limb here and guess that Rashida Jones not a conservative. <laughs> if you hire someone who is already ultra woke, who crosses off all of your every single you know intersectional yeah. check mark that you need, still not going to be enough. No, it's not going to be enough. Hmm. They will still keep coming, when, and they will still say you're not woke enough. When will they learn? When do the gods of the copybook headings return? And they go, oh, oh crap, that was a mistake. I see why conventional wisdom said we shouldn't do that. There was a reason that, that has kind of been around for 5,000 years. We should start applying those principles again. How long? How far does everyone have to go down before we can pick ourselves back up and start building a brighter future? American Financing, NMLS, 182334, www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. All righty. Let me tell you about American Financing. American Financing, uh, right now, uh, will help you save a ton of money. American Financing, they've been in the business for 20 plus years now, and they don't work for the banks. They work for you. 
You need to be spending uh, less money, saving more money. Uh, you think so? Yeah, I know. That's why they pay me the big bucks, because I come up with things like that, you know? Hey, you're in debt, spend less, and uh, make more. Uh-huh. How? Well, American financing could help you just by lowering the interest payments alone. People who are calling now and doing work with American financing are saving, on average, $695 a month. That's a pretty good nut. American Financing. Call them now at 800-906-2440. 800-906-2440. Or go to AmericanFinancing.net. That's AmericanFinancing.net. You heard Mike Lee talking about the important special Glenn did last night. You can go to BlazeTV.com slash Glenn and watch it. Use the promo code STANDUP for 30 bucks off. This is the Glenn Beck Program. We're glad you're here. Amy Nelson was on the uh, special last night. You can get it at YouTube, also at Blaze TV. It's really important that you watch it. Um, if you have Blaze TV, you get the whole thing. Um, YouTube does not have the last section, which is the question and answer from the audience. And they were really good, good questions. Uh, we have a transcript of all of it because it has answers in it from the attorneys and Mike Lee and everybody else. Um, and you can get that transcript. Just sign up for my free email newsletter. Uh, it gets you all of the show prep, which today I got, I'm getting to about six of those stories out of about 65. Gives you everything you need. It's better than the morning newspaper anyplace. Um, you can get it now. It comes out every morning. The morning email from me. It is my show prep. And in tomorrow's, you will also get the transcript of that last hour so you have all the facts in their exact words um amy nelson is uh, somebody uh who has experienced the collusion between big government and big business pretty much like no one else that i know amazon uh made claims that her husband did something illegal although they were never told what what that charge was supposed to be. Um, they met with the Department of Justice over and over and over again and tried to convince the Department of Justice to charge him with a crime. They never did. Yet the Justice Department came in and took every penny they had, took their bank accounts, uh, went as far as I think taking his father or his father-in-law's bank account took all of her bank accounts that were just in her name. The family was left penniless. They decided to fight. It's not over yet. Believe it or not, this began uh, while COVID was happening. Um, and it could happen to anyone. So, you know, these the, all these victims, they're not necessarily, you know, uh, MAGA people or even Republicans. Amy, who I find delightful, uh, was a bundler for Barack Obama. So there wasn't a political reason. There was a reason. And the reason is Amazon was trying to avoid a hundred million dollar uh, judgment or penalty against them on something else. So they cooked the books and tried to make at least that's what it appears to be that they cooked the books and tried to make Amy's husband the scapegoat. Why spend a hundred million when you could destroy this one guy for maybe ten and you save ninety million dollars? Amy Nelson. Do I have the story kind of accurate in a summary, Amy? 
You really do. It's pretty remarkable, Glenn, because it, it's a long story and can be complicated. So I, I so appreciate um, you coming on the uh, program, and I appreciate the fact that you and your husband, with four children, you had to sell anything that you were left with. You, you had to sell the house because you couldn't make the mortgage payments. You didn't even know how you were going to feed your family, uh, but you moved in with relatives, right? We did. I mean, we, we early on, look, I think, you know, when my husband was accused of a crime, this was, it was totally shocking to us. We had no idea where this was coming from. And we also, you know, I'm a lawyer, but I had been a civil lawyer. I didn't really know a lot about criminal law. And so we just were in this position where we were trying to learn as we went. Um, and we were just making decision after decision to try to stay alive and be able to fight. I didn't even know civil forfeiture was a thing in America, to be honest. Um, I didn't know that. Maybe you shouldn't have been bundling for Obama because we <laughs> talked about it on my show. <laughs> Maybe I should have been listening to you. Maybe I'm just I, saying. It, I, I'm just saying. Yeah, no, <laughs> I know it is. It is like it, you know. It is like it's definitely. I think this is really awakening. My own politics and hard. Yeah, it's been yeah. an awakening, and it's and for me, really, I look at it and kind of the incentive. Like, why would these prosecutors help Amazon? And I think the answer isn't that complicated. I think most prosecutors leave leave the federal um, leave the Department of Justice, and they go work in private practice. And who's going to hire them, me or Amazon? Amazon is, right? So, you know, I think like the revolving door in Washington is really what I've been thinking a lot about. I, I have not, I, I didn't know the numbers. The numbers you threw out last night on the special were pretty staggering about the number of FBI prosecutors uh, and DOJ officials that are being hired by Amazon. Why would they need all of those people? But I think... You know, I re- because yeah. of your experience, we know why they are. Well, I think part of it is, I mean, I think, you know, I think they want to have a close relationship to the Department of Justice because the intelligence community is Amazon Web Services' biggest client, right? So the more of a relationship they have, you know, the more likely they're to continue making a profit from selling products to the government. But I also think, you know, when I, and this is just my opinion, but if you have a Department of Justice that is focused on antitrust and thinking about breaking Amazon up, antitrust falls within the Department of Justice. So if you're like, no, no, we're your friends. Mm. You like us. We're your colleagues. Mm-hmm. That's a better look than having the Department of Justice come at you for antitrust. Right. Um, so did you get your money back yet? We did, actually. So we got our money back in February of 2022. So just as the government held our money for 20 months. So for 20 months, we had to figure out I, hang on just a second. Closed your bank accounts, closed your credit card, so you couldn't use your credit cards. Um, took your uh, money out of your accounts. I mean, it was all of it. You had no way to buy anything, correct? I mean, we didn't, other than the fact that we were both still working. So after they, you know, they took everything at a certain date, and then we kept working. I will say both Carl and I lost work because of this, because of the very sensational public allegations. Sure. It's hard for me, right? Because I'm not accused of anything. Right. Um, and it's not fair that it impacted my husband either. But did that you was lose friends? We did, and that was really hard, too. I mean, I remember once I accidentally got a text from a woman talking about me that wasn't meant for me. And it was someone I thought was a business colleague and a friend. But, you know, I did lose friends and Carl lost friends, but we also figured out who our friends were. Yeah. There's nothing good about going through something like this, but we have been surrounded by so much love. And, you know, we have faith 
And so that's really helped get us through this. So you said that you you've seen the effects and not just in your story, but take us down the road of this collusion between the government and Amazon. Yeah. So, you know, I, in, in my own kind of deep search for like, how the hell did this happen? Yeah. I, I was figuring out, you know, kind of looking into the relationship between Amazon and the department of justice. And I was the one, like, I just figured out by going on LinkedIn, how many people they were hiring from the department of justice. But then I was started looking around on the department of justice website and was able to piece together that over a two year period, Amazon had referred over 36 criminal investigations to the Department of Justice. And I thought, is that normal? And I, I went around and looked, and with Walmart, you know, one of the other largest companies in America, it was two. Wow. And, I, and that's just stunning to me. Wow. Um, and they also have, I remember in 2008, um, I had a call from a guy who was in Amazon, um, and he was he was overseeing some of their their um, uh, server sites. And if I'm not mistaken, he had something to do with security. And he said he called me up off the air and he said, Glenn, uh, whatever our federal government is doing with Amazon, this is not going to work out well. And I said, what are, you, mm-hmm. what are you talking about? And he said, there's a 10-foot trench just outside of our fences uh, that's 10 feet down, goes all the way around our fences of our servers. They're putting in all kinds of monitoring to make sure that nobody penetrates that. He said, we're starting to partner with the government on information. This can't be good. I mean, I don't see how you can't think that they are partnering at this point, right? I mean, you have, you know the FBI and the CIA and the NSA, they hire Amazon web services to hold the government's secrets in their data warehouses. And it just seems like something the government should be doing on their own, not relying on a private company, particularly one that, you know, is owned by a, a billionaire who owns media companies. The, yeah. You know, <laughs> like it, it's weird. Yeah. And isn't the NSA former NSA director, on their board or yes yes the former head of the national security agency is on the corporate board of amazon.com as is a lawyer named jamie gorelick who works for a private law firm but who previously was the deputy attorney general for the united states and she mentored merrick garland it's all just too close for comfort for me yeah personally I mean, honestly, and I don't mean to, I'm not joking about this. I mean this sincerely. Liberals were right about one thing and conservatives were wrong. Um, You should worry about these giant corporations. I always thought Mm -hmm. that was crazy because who would want to say, uh, you know, who's out there building a business? I want the government more involved in my business. Um, I never thought that would happen. But, you know, the, the liberals were absolutely right. I just don't know why they don't see it now. It is. It is something I think about all the time, Glenn, in that, you know, you made a good point on your show the other night talking about um, how um, about putting someone in prison, Steve Bannon in prison for for defying Congress when no one's done that in 60 years. And I see on the progressive side, people being gleeful about it. But but what I want to say to progressive is progressives is, you know, this can set a precedent. And so when it's a Republican in charge, they can do the same thing and you won't be very gleeful about it. Yeah, we shouldn't look at our constitutional rights as partisan things. We should hold them dear for all of us, regardless of our politics. 
Um, and I, and I think we've lost that. Yeah. I, I don't know how, and I don't know why. Um, I do. You should listen to me some more. Um, so <laughs> I, will, I have been, I have been, I'm a fan now. <laughs> so, uh, so Amy, what is the biggest thing you learned out of this that you should, you feel you should pass on to other people? What should they know? I mean, the thing I want to pass on to other people is that, you know, if you are accused of something that you didn't do, particularly by people who seem to have more power and more money, a lot of people will tell you to be quiet. But I think that's wrong. I think the only way to hold power accountable is to speak out. And I think you're safer when you do speak out too. And so I would encourage people if, if they are being deprived of their rights, if they are being accused of something they didn't do, to, to try to talk about it, to try to get people to listen. Because that's the only way, I think, to protect yourself and to drive change and to make sure it can't happen to other people. Because if Amazon can do this, it's a playbook for every corporation in America. Oh, yeah. And that is, and that is terrifying. Amy, um, are you con- are, are, were you concerned at all about retaliation for being on the show or s- continuing to speak out on this? <laughs> you know, I, I am, but I also will say, Glenn, that you know, Jeff Bezos is out there publicly saying he hires like Gavin DeBecker, the former, I think, in, um, oh, yeah. spook, really, you know, for his personal security. Like, hang, on, hang on, hang on. I've had Gavin DeBecker as my, <laughs> as my personal security for a while. They're not anymore, but yeah, I know, I know, I know. But, you know, it's, it's terrifying, but I do feel safer speaking out publicly. You know, just, I actually found out last night because I use social media a lot. And Andy Jassy, who's the CEO of Amazon, we have a number of friends in common. I mean, I personally know Amazon's general counsel, David Spolsky, which has made all of this you know, more painful for me. However, I did find out last night that Andy Jassy blocked me on Facebook. I'm just this mom in Ohio and the CEO of Amazon, a trillion dollar company, <laughs> is personally blocking me on Facebook. That's fantastic. Amy, thank you so much. You go back to court, I think, in January, right? Or is it? So... Carl's trial, my husband's civil trial yeah. um, with Amazon is in May. May, so okay. Very much looking forward to, to oh, getting I'm, this over with. I bet. And we can't wait to talk to you and uh, celebrate with you when you win. Thank you so much, Thank Amy. Thank you so much. God bless. Right, thanks. Uh, Amy Nelson, she, you find her as one of just one of the four that are speaking out. Another guy who was really the star last night um, got a standing ovation. Uh, when he started talking, it was amazing. A dad who lost his two sons uh, because his wife said, no, this son is actually a daughter. And the court sided with him. And now they're in California. It's crazy. He's coming up in just a minute. LifeLock, it happens fast. And you don't even always know why. Maybe you had a password that was easy to guess. Or maybe you entered personal information into an email. It was actually a scam. Whatever the case you find yourself having lost your identity online to some cyber criminal, and now you have a giant mess to be cleaned up, if it can be cleaned up. This is what happens when you don't have any protection. I mean, we, you know, we run virus scans all the time on our computers. We have you know, uh, things to protect us from viruses because we know they're real. This is much more likely to happen to you than a virus. Cyber criminals want your stuff and your identity. Get a 25% discount right now on a subscription to LifeLock. Top of the line in cybersecurity with both preventative measures to keep you safe and access to a restoration team if you do end up having your information hacked into. Nobody can prevent all identity theft or monitor all transactions at all businesses, but... 
You can help protect what's yours with LifeLock by Norton. Join now. Save up to 25% off your first year with a promo code BECK. Call 1-800-LIFELOCK. 1-800-LIFELOCK or LifeLock.com. Use the promo code BECK. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Welcome back to the program. I'm just uh, I'm just looking at this uh, great story from the New York Times. Mm-hmm. Uh, during a closed door session with lawmakers last December, Christopher Ray, the director of the FBI, was asked whether the bureau had ever purchased and used Pegasus, mm. which is a hacking tool that goes into your mobile phones and takes everything without you knowing it. Okay. What could be the problem with that? Right. Mr. Ray acknowledged the FBI had bought a license for Pegasus, but only for research and development. Oh, good. good. You know, they're figuring out how bad guys could use it. Uh-huh. Uh, well, now we have some internal documents and it uh, shows that no, no, no. They were uh, looking at the first half of 2021 to deploy the hacking tools. Uh, and um, we're not sure if they did or not, but we know they have it. It looks like they were lying to Congress, but don't worry. Do not worry. Nobody's going to go to jail for that. Uh, the uh, the hacking tool, they now say, um, the since the story was published, FBI officials, including Mr. Ray, have gone further than they did during the closed meeting with senators last December. They acknowledge that the Bureau did consider deploying Pegasus, although they said no, but we we didn't do it. We didn't do it. Unfortunately, there's more documents where everybody had tested it and went, we should use this. It's great. The Glenn Beck Program.